Welcome into the Full Tilt Devi podcast on the Full Tilt Dynasty network of podcasts. Now for your hosts, John Arrington and Andy Starr. Welcome into the Full Tilt Devi podcast. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A, and my fun fact of the night is there's college football on tonight right now. Uh, and uh, I actually watched some of it. That is pretty fun. I am uh, at A Star FF, Andy Star. Uh, my fun fact is I'm in the middle of a home league redraft draft right now. So sorry if I'm a bit distracted. Uh, I'm trying to figure out whether or not Damian Pierce is the real deal. I had to do a pod while drafting last night, and I ended up uh, I ended up auto drafting my last four picks. But luckily, I had a cue, so it was okay. <laughs> I'll answer this for you now. Yes, he is the real deal. Just blindly accept it and go on drafting. Oh, he just picks. he literally just got sniped from me, so I guess I'm gonna have to go with. Oh, uh, no. uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh oh, I, I see I see some tilting going on. I went Gabe, Dave. <laughs> I went Gabe Davis. Oof, you hate to see it. it. But we are not here to talk about NFL this second or NFL fantasy. We are here to talk about Debbie. And uh, uh, we got football, like I said. I mean, this is pretty exciting. We finally have some, like, real stuff to talk about. We had week zero happen. Uh, Not a lot of football, but we got a little bit. You know, we got a little peek into one of my favorite players. uh, Favorite, or actually two of my favorite players, like, my old favorite player and my new the new hotness in drake may so uh, we can get into that but uh you know there's also a lot of news and notes i really don't remember exactly what we've covered as far as uh you know injuries and suspensions and stuff but i feel like every day there's like a new one (laughs) um you know i was talking about it last night you know we have isaiah nayer obviously we have jojo earl we have uh trevante citizen and uh shoot there's so many more but it just seems like every day like a new one comes down unfortunately trevante citizen was a tough one for me to hear i got a couple shares of that but yeah i think the big news this week was all the depth charts that dropped you know yep. with jojo earl being injured i think the big surprise was with the bama receivers Treshawn holden who we thoroughly shat on earlier in the year <laughs> has now been named a starter uh as well as uh the freshman kobe prentice uh taking that slot role which i guess makes sense because they really we you know we talked about it when was it a couple weeks ago we don't they don't really have a true slot receiver so it makes sense that they'd go for a freshman yeah it does and it was very shocking to me you know i've talked about jacory brooks and how much i love him and and everything in the past and it uh it's a little wild but i really don't think that treshawn holden's gonna hold in him back i just i just really don't see that happening (laughs) but Um, but you know, like I said, we had some football week zero wasn't overly exciting, but we got to see some North Carolina football. We got to see Drake may in person. And, uh, there was kind of mixed reviews, uh, depending on who you talk to. Some people said he looked great for a true freshman in his first game. Other people said that he looked terrible and the ball placement was horrendous and this and that I watched every single throw of that game. And don't get me wrong, like I get what people are saying. Like the the ball wasn't, you know, Aaron Rodgers wasn't throwing those balls, you know. But uh, but for a true freshman in his first game, I, I really didn't see anything that I was concerned about. Um, and if anything, it just made me love Josh Downs even more because May kind of missed him on a pretty easy touchdown pass, and he catches it like the one and a half. And then does like three jukes, gets into the end zone anyways, and scores. So you're like, dude's just going to ball no matter what. Yeah, I thought Drake May looked really good. Um, obviously, they're playing Florida A&M, so we can't really extrapolate too much. But uh, 76.3% completion, uh, 80% adjusted completion, which is great. Um, again, FCS opponent. Uh, so the real goal was just to not make yourself look bad which he definitely didn't do that. Um, if I'm a Drake May owner, which I do have a couple shares, I'm I'm happy. Uh, so I, I still want to see more, but he didn't disappoint. And like you said, Josh Downs played great. Um, I think he was targeted like 12 times, which you love to see. Obviously, that's what you want from Josh Downs. I will say that he was used a little bit differently in this game than what we're used to seeing. Um, you know, normally he's getting those underneath routes and getting a lot of yards after the catch. 
This year, he, or that last game, he was running a little bit of deeper routes. His ADOT was over 10, and his yak, he only had 14 yards after the catch on nine catches. So uh, they were lining him up a little bit differently. Last year, he was in the slot pretty much exclusively. Uh, last week, he was only he was ma- majority in the slot, 77%, but it was good to see you know a little bit of versatility out of him. He was used a little bit differently. So I, I do like what we got to see from Downs. But again... Florida A&M, we still got to see some more. Yeah, definitely. But I think, you know, like you said, week one, it it was promising. Uh, With Downs, uh, it was also promising seeing the outside, you know, versatility and everything because that's the big question that people have about Downs. The ones that are the doubters are either talking about his size, his weight, or, you know, or the fact that he's slot only. And so if he can, you know, even if it's only like a 60-40 split or whatever it might be, uh, Tennessee just lost their shutout. Um, but yeah, even if it's only like a 60, 40 split, you know, it, it still is enough to show that he has that versatility and that's going to make a big difference. I mean, it's really reminding me of like Elijah Moore, uh, you know, quite a bit right now, but we'll see if that continues on when it's not an FCS opponent. Um, and then, uh, what'd you think of the running backs there? Because I know, you know, everyone's, Everyone was pretty excited about Amari and Hampton, but then uh, George Petaway got in there and, and looked pretty good a, a, as well. Yeah, so I would say Omari and Hampton, probably the biggest Devi riser of Week Zero. Uh, he finished with the 14 attempts for 101 yards and two touchdowns. I'm going to curb my enthusiasm on him for a few reasons. Uh, one, you know, he did get the majority of the carries, but it was still – if you go by the snap count, it was still a three-headed monster. So he had 20 snaps. Um, his stat line obviously popped the most, but uh, Petaway and Elijah Green both uh, came in above 10, above you know 15 to 20 snaps as well. Um, and I think Green and Petaway were more effective. They uh, combined for 12 attempts or 120 yards in touchdown. They each broke four tackles compared to Hampton, who only had uh, three broken tackles. And uh, they were also more uh, effective in the second level with the breakaway yards per attempt over six versus Hampton, who was at three. So Hampton still played well, um, but he was a zero in the pass game. And that's the last reason I wanted to bring up where I, you know, I'm just sort of like hesitant to say he's the second coming. Um, Petaway played in nine receiving snaps. Uh, he ran a route on all of those snaps uh, compared to four for Hampton. So it seems like Petaway's probably the uh, pass catching back at this point in time uh but it is a good start for hampton i'm hesitant to say he's going to repeat it just because of the split there uh and again against florida a&m so all this data is really you know i don't know how much we can extrapolate so we we still need to see more but it was definitely a good start for both of those freshmen yeah you love to see it um but i'm interested to see what happens going forward Obviously, Hampton has the size that uh, Petaway doesn't quite have, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see, especially once they... I think they have a much tougher task ahead of them this week than uh, than they did uh, in Week 0 there. A uh, couple of the other games, uh, unfortunately, uh, Josh McCray gets hurt in uh, the Illinois game, and that makes a pretty big opportunity for uh, Chase Bryce there. And, uh, you know, he kind of ran away with it, if you will. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, first, I'll just start by saying I named Chase Brown as my one player in the Big Ten to gain value uh, when we did that. Oh, did show I said Chase Bryce. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. I, I think I put that on the show sheet. Chase Bryce is the quarterback at App State, by the way. I get them confused <laughs> all the time. Um, but yeah, unfortunate to see McCray go down. Um, but he finished last week. Albeit it was against Wyoming, uh, with 151 yards, two touchdowns, added three catches, um, super elusive, forcing seven missed tackles, breakaway yards were over six per attempt. He's in the Big Ten uh, West, which is you know you've got he's got to play Wisconsin and Iowa, so those are going to be some real stingy run defenses. But I'll say it's a safe bet to say he's going to repeat as a 1,000-yard rusher this season um, pretty easily. Obviously, he's already got 150. Um, so I like I like where Chase Brown's headed. Um, I think, you know, he keeps this up. He's going to find himself on an NFL roster next year. 
Yeah, I like that. I I wasn't overly excited about him, but with McCray going down, it definitely is going to open up you know more for him, more opportunity for him. I don't think that McCray is like a you know this amazing running back or anything like that, but I think it was enough to where he wasn't going to be like a full workload kind of guy or anything like that. And it could be very different now. So uh, it could be a big boon for his NFL prospects and, and everything, but it'll be interesting to see what he does going forward. And then uh, if you watch that Nebraska Northwestern game, which I watched a little bit of, uh, unfortunately I was, I was out of town and uh, my, the hotel I was at for whatever reason, like, I don't know if they have satellite or whatever, but it would come and go like the signal would come and go. So I think I'd watch a minute and then I'd lose like two minutes and then I'd watch three minutes and then it would go away. So I didn't get to watch the whole game, but I did watch some. And let me just say, I'm glad I'm not a Nebraska fan. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, Northwestern played. Okay. They played all right, but it was really just Nebraska blowing the game. Uh, tough to watch but you know I, I was i liked what i saw out of the northwestern offense i think evan hull and cam porter now that cam porter's back uh 100 it seems like seems like that's going to be a nice uh one-two punch for their running game and ryan Halinski looked pretty good uh i'll say uh he, he wasn't amazing but he, he i think he looked good uh, he had 70 percent completion percentage over 80 percent adjusted completion percentage threw a couple touchdowns and they had some, uh, you know, good guys catching the ball too. With uh, Malik Washington coming out of nowhere with eight catches for almost 100 yards. Uh, so, like I said last week, uh, Pat Fitzgerald just doesn't seem to have two bad seasons in a row. He's just a coach that's been around a while. Uh, he knows how to win games. So, where he's on the upswing again this year, it seems like. Yeah, I, I was definitely wrong on that one. Uh, and first of all, uh, don't listen to me for betting advice. I I, I do player evaluations, <laughs> but uh, but you know we have fun here, so we you know I'll still throw it out there. But I, I definitely wouldn't listen to me for uh, college betting at the very least. But uh, uh, but yeah, I also did not realize that they were playing in Ireland when I made that call because not to say that it truly changes anything, but. I mean, I, I don't know that I would have ever recommended betting on a game where both teams are flying internationally anyway. <laughs> to, to your credit, too, I guess, like, before the game, a lot of the Nebraska players were messing around at a casino or something and got, like, suspended for that game. Uh, like, Ramir Johnson and I think a couple of the running backs, which ended up being great for Anthony Grant, who is a guy that I loved in Campus to Canton Leagues. He, he came out and had a nice game, but... Yeah, there were some variables to that game, and that's what happens with college football is they don't really tell you what's going on until never, really. You have to just sort of figure it out on your own. Like, why is this guy not playing? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, uh, actually, I had to be reminded to set my lineups uh, for, t- for a C2C draft or a C2C uh, league, and luckily we have the, like, uh, what do they call it? It's like the autofill or, or whatever it is on uh, fan tracks where if a player doesn't play for that reason, you know, like if it, if they get caught gambling and they're not playing, then they just automatically throw in the next player because right. it's impossible to try and go through 45 college players and try to figure out which one's in, which one's out and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it'll literally be that. Like you think a player's healthy. He's been practicing. Everything's good to go. He's a stud, and then he's just not playing. <laughs> so, luckily, uh, Fantrax does not do a lot of great things, but that's one thing that they got right. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good feature they did this year. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, uh, I don't think there was that much left to talk about with the Week Zero, do you? I think it's time to get into some Week One, some real college football here. What do you think? Yeah, let's, let's do it. All right, well, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll be back to discuss some Week 1 predictions. The reason the 2022 draft class feels so odd is because Brees Hall is the pinnacle, and then there is nothing below it. Mm -hmm. If you want to go look at the previous draft classes, 2021, there was a clear top five, top six. Mm -hmm. I mean, 2020, there was a top three, maybe a top four, depending on how you viewed Burrow. Mm -hmm. But then you go back previously beyond that 2019 2018 2017 this top tier of draft picks kind of falls back 
I like that call by Billy. Uh, makes a lot of sense. And, and comparing uh, draft classes is important because I think people kind of forget how bad some, some of these draft classes in the past have been um, when talking about how 2022 was the worst of all time and like all this other stuff. Uh, yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, people are sitting bad. 23 first bad. for Damian Pierce. This this is like, this remind. I mean, I wasn't playing Dynasty in 2013, but I feel like this is like on that same level, like when the e, in EJ you, Man. You did not have a Brees Hall in 2013. I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe i Bell. Oh, yeah. No, I'm thinking of 2014. I think it's like uh, uh, Gio Bernard is is the only oh, guy, yeah. like the top yeah, guy. Like that, that's what I'm thinking of. it. So when I think of, yeah, Brees Hall, Rashad White, you know, Kenneth Walker, like you have some pretty decent running backs here at the very least. And uh, there's some, there's definitely some classes in the past that uh i mean even if you think about like josh jacobs and miles sanders in 2019 like that wasn't the greatest running back class but here we are enough about nfl let's talk some week one predictions and um well we already talked about how you were right i was wrong with the week zero prediction so now i have to you know completely (laughs) so now i have to completely redeem myself and i have it i i figured it out i actually i i I did my research on this one, you know, unlike the Nebraska game where I just said, Hey, Nebraska's going to beat Northwestern. They beat them by 50 points last year. It's the simplest thing in the world. Now this time I'm saying for damn sure, hundred percent, lock it in, go bet your life savings on this Cincinnati versus Arkansas. Cincinnati is, is covering the spread and winning the game. I, just Arkansas is terrible. Like we've talked about this in the past. Like wh- who do they have? They their entire team was Traylon Burks before. Like I understand they have Ra- Raheem Sanders. Raheem what, Sanders hasn't done anything. <laughs> like, what's the you know, so like game? I don't. I don't have. A uh, so Arkansas is favored by six. Oh, okay. Is it at Arkansas? Yeah, okay. it's a home game. I really think that's the only reason why they're favored by six because like they're they do not have a better team than Cincinnati as far as I'm concerned, and right. so I really think they're getting like a six a six point home spread uh, just by or home advantage just by being at home, and I just tell I just I need to know who's gonna win it like Raheem Sanders is gonna win the game for him like we've already talked about how we hate Jaden Hazelwood and and uh, I mean. I can't even name half of the other yeah, players I mean, on the team. So. Hazelwood might not even play. And Dominique Johnson, right. who I think is the best running back on their team, I don't think he's going to play either. So, yeah, I, I mean, obviously Cincinnati's at a in a you know a bit of a transition phase too. Uh, but they definitely have the better coach. Um, you know, they're coming off a playoff run, so I could I could see that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hit it hate on you for that call <laughs> love it yeah i mean it, it was it was really the one that, and i actually looked at quite a few games um you know th- definitely not every game but <laughs> i looked at quite a few and this one made the most sense to me it was just like i don't i just don't see it uh i know cincinnati has a lot changing and and uh you know just everything you know qb whatever but like it, they they have enough pieces in place still, plus the coaching and everything else that I just think they're the better overall offense. I mean, they were in the college football playoff last year. It's not like if they fall off even 50%, they're still a thousand times better than Arkansas. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, Arkansas is going to run the ball a lot. We know that, you know, KJ Jefferson is going to run it a ton. So it's just going to be, if they can, if they can keep it close, then yeah, I think they'll cover that six because uh, you know Arkansas is not going to run the score up on you. I don't think so. Yeah, I like no. that call. What do you but, got? Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, so I'm going to go. I went with a Friday game, so tomorrow. Going to get this ball rolling right away, uh, and it's TCU at Colorado. And Ooh. speaking of bad teams, Colorado is very bad. <laughs> uh, they were bad last year, and I think they're worse this year. Uh, hey, don't talk shit about my boy Brendan Lewis. I, I'll, I'll keep his name on my mouth. Is he even going to be the quarterback this year? I'm not sure. I think there was some talk that he might not even. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, th- I thought he was supposed to be. <laughs> but uh, so I'll just bring this up. When I was doing what's the spread last year, I got absolutely burned by the Buffaloes in 2021. So they went toe to toe with Texas A&M, went down to the wire, ended up losing 10 to 7 at home to Texas A&M. 
So then the next week they get Minnesota, and I picked them, and Minnesota blanks them in Colorado, thirty to nothing. And Minnesota was down like Mo Abraham wasn't playing; they had nobody. So I can't stand Buffalo. So I hope they don't burn me again. I'm never going to pick them again. But they're thirteen and a half point dogs at home to TCU. TCU, this is the first year under Sonny Dykes. Uh, his last three seasons at SMU, he was twenty-five and nine. He's got a superstar wide receiver in Quentin Johnson, mega efficient running back in Kendry Miller. QB still a mystery. It's either Max Duggan or Chandler Morris. I've heard we think Chandler Morris, but it's one of those depth charts where it says or. So it could be any of them. We don't know. But I think both are capable of beating this Colorado Pasty, which finished 83rd in the country last year. And they should easily win by two touchdowns. Sonny Dykes loves to score. SMU finished ninth in scoring last year. Uh, and I think he's going to want to take out this new shiny offense for a spin on week one and, uh, you know, get the ball rolling for the season nice and early. So I'm taking TCU minus 13 and a half. Yeah, I like it. Colorado's a garbage team. Uh, Brendan Lewis is the projected starter, although not the guaranteed starter for week one. So we'll we'll see what actually happens there. But um, I, I, I'm... It's a running joke with uh, with a group of friends about the whole Brennan Lewis thing, and uh, we can we can talk about it another day. I, it, it still hurts <laughs> a little too much, but it's, I was gonna it's say, actually like, you know, Brennan Lewis. Like, what, what are you talking about this guy for? <laughs> so uh, you know, it's it's a lesson learned, and it's a it's a, an important lesson for anyone that ever is creating a model or anything like that. Do not build a model off of small samples. I built a model off of Brennan Lewis's 2020 season which was a half a game in the bowl game he played two quarters of football and he was amazing he had like two touchdowns 97 rushing yards and all this and i built you know i built a model and i threw brendan lewis in there and he looked amazing because he had two quarters of football and uh i learned my lesson very quickly that you don't ever do that because i was pretty hyped about brendan lewis after that (laughs) damn (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I, I now I've built in like games played and things like that, so that that can never ever ever happen again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yes. So now um, we have we're picking one Debbie prospect that we are most interested to watch this weekend. I started with the uh, the game, so why don't you start with your prospect? So I took Keishon Butte and. I picked him entirely because I want to see how he looks post-injury, post, I believe, multiple surgeries. Uh, I, we haven't really ever gotten clarity on it. but um, So LSU Do we even get, know the injury? No. Like, I mean, I mean it, it, we don't know. There was so much speculation, like Achilles or, or whatever. So I, I totally agree with you. I, I love I love this call. Yeah. So, so they're getting FSU at home. Uh, FSU looked pretty solid last week, uh, albeit against Duquesne, uh, which is FCS opponent. But they had three running backs go over 100 yards, which is pretty wild. Um, I think most of the people thought this was probably going to be an easy win for LSU a week ago. And then, you know, Florida State came out and showed that offense, which, uh, you know, it's going to might end up being a little bit trickier for Brian Kelly here with his first first game at LSU. I'm of the belief that this could end up being an, an L for them. Uh, we still don't quite know who's going to be even playing quarterback. I think it's going to be Jaden Daniels, uh, which isn't necessarily a good thing for Boutte because Jaden Daniels is more of a running quarterback. Uh, so there's a lot of variables in this game. I think Malik Neighbors is going to end up being a game-time call as well. Uh, but we, as far as we know, Boutte is going to play. So, you know... We got to see, I think we got to see at least 95% of what he showed last year to feel comfortable. I'm not going to panic sell after one year or one game, I should say. But, you know, let's say he finishes game one, you know, with only a couple of catches for, you know, a handful of yards. I think people are going to start to, you know, throw up those red flags and say, oh, what's going on, you know. Uh, you know, might open up a buying window if you're, uh, you know, up for that risk, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, L, you know, FSU is not going to, you know, stifle them on defense. So he should, you know, have a decent 
time, you know, putting up some stats. Again, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. If it's Jaden Daniels, you know, that could present another problem for him. But, you know, uh, that's why I just feel like this is the best – this is going to be the most fun player to watch because he's still the wide receiver one for a lot of people. Yeah, the only thing I'm concerned about with this game is just what FSU did last week where they literally just ran the entire time. Like, I don't even know. The QB had, like, 12 pass attempts. So, you know, it's not going to be a barn burner. It's not, you know, it's it's not going to be a shootout uh, by any means. So are they really going to have to throw all that much? And, um, you know, I know that I understand that LSU's running game isn't exactly amazing right now with everything that's going on with that. So they're going to have to throw at least a little bit. Uh, but like you said, Jaden Daniels is a rushing QB. He can kind of take some of that load and, and you know, and, and run with it. But um, I'm very interested to see Keishon Butte on the field because I do think he's a top-tier player. I just need to see, did he actually have an Achilles tear? Did he lose everything? You know, like, it's it just, we've seen so much and unfortunately we have no news like no one no one knows no one knows what happened to him or what's going on we just know it was a very lengthy recovery uh there was points in time where they weren't even sure if he was going to be back with the team and and all that so like i'm very interested to see him be on the field be that one uh regardless of the qb and uh and be back to being a studly player because otherwise i think you do have to drop him down and you were saying it might be a buying window. You've had a buying window for a year, just about at least at least a few months, where people were talking about him not being with the team and stuff. If you were a true believer, why weren't you buying then? Like, don't wait until now. <laughs> I was selling personally. <laughs> I, yeah, and, and honestly, like he's still going as like a top five or six player. Um, so I had no issues selling him. You know, when he was up there, I guess he's fallen a little bit recently, but uh, but yeah, I just. I need to see it. I, I, I need to see it with other players of value because we know that Terrace Marshall's garbage. So, like, I, I want I want to see it happen with the Malik neighbors on the field because I think the neighbors is actually a good player. Um, right. You know, and 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 with the uh, Jeff Jack Beck, I was about to say Jeff Beck for some reason, but like I I need to see like with these kind of guys on the field. <laughs> like I, I'm really bad with names tonight for some reason, but um, yeah, so. I, I definitely want to see him there, um, and I just want to see him ball out so that we can be done with all of that. Because uh, if he doesn't, then there's just going to be a lot of uh, questions going on. Yeah, definitely. So my player is one that we talked about just a few minutes ago, and it's Ja'Cory Brooks. Uh, I really want to see Ja'Cory Brooks get on the field. I think that that can happen with who they're playing. And I just completely blanked on who they're playing, but it's not a good team. I know that much. Um, So I I think that even though technically he's not the starter, uh, A, I don't think Treshawn Holden is all that great. And B, you know, even if he is, even if he's taking a step forward and, and is looking great and all that kind of stuff, I think Alabama can get a big enough lead to where, they're like, hey, why don't we get you know the starters out and, and get Brooks and whoever else up, you know in there, um, and then we can see some Jacory Brooks on the field. I just want to see him on the field, see what he does, and uh, you know, obviously, I hope that he can be in there with the, the first team offense and, and all that. I just at this point, I have no idea. You know, unfortunately, uh, like you said, the news that we've re- received recently are these depth charts, and he was not the starter, which was uh, very surprising for, to both of us. <laughs> Yeah, it's Utah State, by the way, um, yeah. who played okay last week. You know, they as far as like a you know G five school, they got a nice passing game, but you know it's Alabama. Alabama's going to absolutely mop the floor with them. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think it's it's going to present an opportunity for a lot of those guys on the offense that might not be starters. Um, and you know these depth charts, you know especially for Nick Saban. I don't know how much stock we can put into him. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, the best players are going to – cream rises to the top, I guess is the best way to say it. So uh, if Ja'Cory Brooks is better, he's going to play. And we've seen Trayshawn Holden play. He's he's just all right. Like, he's not electric. He's not going to, you know, break the big plays. He's, he's just okay. So – I, I think Ja'Cory Brooks is going to get an opportunity at some point. I, I don't know if it's going to be this weekend or at some point throughout the season, but 
uh, I think a lot of these guys are going to get, you know, their, their opportunity. That's in, you know, that's again, the problem with having six, five stars on your team and just one position group. It's like, you know, some of these guys are just going to get looked over, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to see a lot of, a lot of these guys on the Alabama offense and see, you know, what that looks like this year. Yeah, and, and there's a little trepidation involved. Like, I, I want to see him on the field and playing. Like, obviously, we saw him on the field last year, and he did, you know, fairly well. But I, I want to see him, you know, grow as a player and, and, and be more involved because I feel like we, we're in, like, kind of a lull for uh, for Alabama for, like, recruiting and stuff like that for wide receivers at the very least. I mean, we see Ohio State just – year after year after year, you know, just bringing these studs in and they just dominate and they're all amazing. I mean, who, who was like the last great Alabama wide receiver over the last like two years? It, you know, Jameson Williams was amazing. He was an Alabama recruit. Like, you know, he was a transfer. Um, you know, we have John Mechie. We have, uh, you know, we have a Jai Hall. Like we have all these players that have kind of failed, uh, you know, not necessarily for like playing purposes or whatever, even Treshawn Holden, and, and so I just kind of want to see some of these players hit so that I can feel more comfortable with the fact that I've drafted uh, Ja'Cory Brooks in, in quite a few spots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. You know, those are the last two, I think, that really... Yeah, Smith is from five years ago. Right, I mean, Waddell I know. Was a, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, like, I just feel like it's been... A, obviously... It, it, it's not like it's been a decade or something, but like it just—it no, seems like it's, it's been a couple of years. <laughs> for Bama standards, it's, it feels like it's been a long time. So exactly. I'm, I'm with you on that one. And it doesn't—it it doesn't build confidence knowing that all these four guys that were recruited last year—it's—it's it's looking like none of them are yeah. are going to hit. Yeah, it's—it's it's pretty wild, and it, it's starting to scare me because I also have. Isaiah Bond, you know, like I, I have some of these players on my team and I'm like, come on, somebody step forward. It's not Trace on Holden. Come on, someone else. <laughs> and that's the problem too with like the transfer portal because now he's grabbing guys like Tyler Harrell and uh, yeah. Jermaine Burton, you know, because if he doesn't like a guy, he can just go out and fix it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, like it, the transfer portal is becoming more of an opportunity for them or like a more of a, a way for them to get their players than, than even recruiting. And that's becoming a problem. If you're looking at all these five stars and going up oh, Alabama, Alabama, well, it doesn't matter if they're just going to bring in a Jermaine Burton or Jameson Williams or whoever, you know? Exactly. So that is it for our week one predictions, unless you had somebody else that you wanted to talk about. Well, I was going to do, I was going to pick a couple, just briefly mention some of like the games of the week with some of the bigger schools. Sure. Uh, so Utah is at Florida, your, your boys, uh, headed to the swamp, Utah, Scary. two and a half point underdog, or no, favorite, sorry, two and a half point favorite on the road in the swamp. I typically my rule is if if it's a two and a half point favorite, I pick the favorite. If it's a three and a half point favorite, I pick the dog. Uh, I think Utah's gonna win uh, pretty not I won't say handedly, but I think they're gonna win. I think they're a better team. Uh, I think their their running game's gonna little look a little different. Everyone you know is kind of high on Tavian Thomas after what he did last year. I think there's gonna be a lot more you know, the, the ball is going to be spread out a lot more in that rushing uh, offense. And then Cam Rising, obviously, who I love, super efficient quarterback. I think he gets more of a chance this year. Uh, obviously, it's the first game uh, at Florida with their new coach. So Utah's coming off a Pac-12 championship. I'm taking uh, Utah minus two and a half here. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I just I'm I'm not the biggest Anthony Richardson fan and you know, like I feel like he he would have to take such a giant leap from what he was doing last year in week 1 to beat a very good team in Utah. And so, uh, you know, with a brand new head coach, brand new just about everything. I mean, I drafted Ricky Pearsall in the like 42nd round of my C2C draft and he's a starter. So in, for Florida, not for me, but for Florida, he is a yeah. starter. Uh, so I think that just kind of shows you like what their offense is dealing with right now. Um, 
I mean, I drafted him for a reason, but I don't know that it's going to be amazing in week one. And like I said, I, I think that Anthony Richardson can get better. I don't think it's going to be week one in a new offense. You know, like we've seen, especially in the NFL, we've seen like what a new offense can do to a quarterback and how it can take four, five, six weeks, and then all of a sudden everything clicks. So, you know, I can see that happening with Florida. Uh, the only thing I would say is that, like, I benched in my C2C league, I benched uh, Cameron Rising this week because we know that Florida's defense is good. And I, I'm like, I don't even know if they're going to have to do that much to beat Florida. <laughs> you know, like, it could be a very defensive game and, and you know, like, not a low-scoring game. I, I, I don't think it would be that. Do we have an over-under on it? Um, did you mention that? Uh, I don't have the over under on it. I could find it for you if you want to keep. Stalling. Yeah, I just I wonder if it's going to be considered like a or if, you know Vegas is considering it a low scoring game because I could definitely see it being a uh, a defensive matchup. Now if, if Vegas is like no, it's going to be like eighty two points and maybe I'll throw Cameron Rising back in. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I just I don't think that Florida is quite ready yet. Uh, as much as I would love for them to win this game, I I don't have overly high hopes there. <laughs> Yeah, but, but it yeah. looks like you it looks like you're still looking it up. So, <laughs> uh, were there any other games that you were uh, wanting to talk about while you're looking that up? I know you're doing quite a bit here. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, so no. While, under, while you're talking, oh, I'm sorry. I while you're talking, right oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I was gonna say so. Go the, uh, over under on Florida is uh, 51 and a half. So a pretty low number as far as college yeah. football standards. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So that's I, I benched Cameron Rising for a very small school uh, player, and uh, we'll see if that actually works out. I, I he's playing tonight, so we'll have to see. He had like 10 points when uh, I last looked. We'll we'll see if that works out. I I, I benched him for Dequan Dequan Finn uh, oh. from. Yeah, from uh, Toledo. Toledo. Yeah. yeah, so we'll we'll see if that works out. They were playing a FCS team, and I was like, ah, this should be fun. At least I can watch a little bit. That's what I was watching earlier. I'm like, at least I can watch a little bit of football on Thursday, have somebody to root for, and and screw it. You know, like, I don't think Rising's going to score all that much week one anyway. But what I was going to mention before you get to the next team is uh, Lucas was talking about how Carnell Tate is possibly going to be uh, decommitting from Ohio State. So that could be the next Alabama player uh, you know, that, that comes from Ohio State and screws all of our hopes and dreams with all these other players. <laughs> I mean, Ohio State's got the same problem Alabama has. They just over-recruit that position. So it makes sense that you know one of them's seeing, you know, I'm not going to go here and play against you know, compete against seven five stars if I can just go to anywhere else really and just be the starter. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like I recruiting's kind of becoming less important at this point. <laughs> you know, like not that it's not important, but uh, you know, it's just becoming less important because it's like, all right, well cool. We'll recruit all these guys and then we'll be like, oh wait, that guy's a lot better. Let's why don't we grab him instead and pay him like six mil. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to end up helping or hurting the smaller schools because it is making recruiting a little bit less important because people can say like, oh, I might not have got the offer from Alabama this year, but I'll just go prove I can play at Georgia Tech and you know I'll get the offer next year maybe. Yeah, that's very true. So, I mean, maybe the NIL is not all that terrible uh, when, when everything's considered. Although I do think there needs to be a little bit of regulation, but... Uh, you know, not, I don't know. That's, that's a different discussion for a different day. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So the next game I got is Notre Dame at Ohio state, Ohio state, 17 and a half point favorites. Uh, this one I think is just an easy call for me. Notre Dame is new coach, new quarterback. Uh, Ohio state has got to, they're going to be playing this whole season angry after what happened last year. Uh, losing to Michigan, you know, not winning the Big Ten, which you played Ohio State, you you know, you pretty much just expect you're going to win the Big Ten. They didn't do that last year. Uh, they're going to this year, and it's going to be a. I feel bad for every team that they inevitably have to play and route to the playoff. Um, so Notre Dame's unfortunately gets them week one. I know sometimes there's you know rust on week one. I don't think Ohio. I think they're going to be ready. I think those wide receivers are going to play amazing. C.J. Stroud, obviously, we know he's going to throw for 300, 400 yards. 
So 17 and a half is a lot against a team like Notre Dame, who, you know, people are saying it could be a top 10 team, but it's, I, 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 I can't think of one good reason why to, why I would want to bet Notre Dame with the points here. So I'm taking Ohio state minus 17 and a half. I think the only reason why I'll disagree with you and it, it, you're probably making the right call. I'm not even saying like, I feel great about this, but I'm saying the, like, I guess playing devil's advocate, uh, you know, we've talked about in the past how like there's there's so much changing with the wide receiver core for Ohio State that even though we think C.J. Stroud's amazing and we think Marvin Harrison Jr., Mika Egbuka, even though I guess he's not starting, <laughs> uh, are you know are amazing and and obviously JSN, we I just think there's enough changing to where JSN's the one now instead of Wilson and Olave and all that kind of stuff to where there's a little bit of hesitancy. And then, you know, we love, I love me some Travion Henderson. I think he might actually be the best, you know, talent in the nation, you know, as far as running back. But um, I, losing, you know, losing the backup doesn't help anything, you know, and then they don't want to put the entire workload onto Trevion. And so, you know, I think that there, there's question marks there. So 17 and a half is quite a bit with a program like Notre Dame. So I don't know if I'd actually be betting that, but it's probably not the worst bet in the world either. <laughs> yeah, it's not one. Like I said, we're just calling the games of the week here. These are like the big opponents. So we're giving our thoughts here. I would say I'm at like a 60, no, maybe like a 50% confidence level there. So, but if I have to pick one, give me Ohio State. I like it. I won't have as as long as Tyler Buckner has like three hundred and something yards and like four hundred yards and three tutties, then I'll be fine. That would be really cool, and that's possible because Ohio State, you know, for how great they were last year, really struggled on defense. So we'll see if they can, you know, help. And if Audrey Estime can get on the field, because he was listed as an or. Yes, all of them. All, all three of them were listed as an or. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, Tyree, uh, Estime, and uh, Diggs, right? Yep, Logan Diggs. Yep, and, and Diggs. Yeah, and they're all they're all listed as a, as an or. So, uh, I want to see Estime get on the field, and I want to see. Well, thank you, Maddie, Daddy. Um, and and I want to see him dominate because once again, if you have not seen a picture of him, go look at this man. He makes Branson Robinson look like a little baby, but. <laughs> All right, I got I, one more for you here. One more. Uh, Oregon at Georgia. Obviously, we got to talk about that. Uh, Georgia, a 16.5-point favorite at home. Uh, this one, obviously, national championship coming off that run. Um, I got to go with Oregon here. I think the 16.5 points is a lot. Uh, I know they got a new quarterback with Bo Nix. I think I talked about it earlier. I think they have the best three wide set in the Pac-12. Uh, I think they have one of the better defenses. They definitely have one of the better defensive, best defensive players uh, in the entire NCAA uh, in Sewell. Uh, so I think they they just just too much firepower on that Oregon team. I know they got a new coach uh, and everything there, but. Uh, yeah, Bonix. I guess you know he comes with a, a lot of baggage, but for for what it's worth, he's better than Jeremiah Butterfield, who played quarterback for them last year. I think a lot of people are expecting Ty Thompson to be the quarterback for Oregon this year, but uh, I think I you know Georgia's defense is great. We all know that um, their offense isn't going to blow you out of the water. They're just going to sort of steadily you know, beat you down until you can't do anything anymore because your de- their defense is just taking the air out of the ball. Uh, but I think Oregon can put enough put up enough points to cover that 16-net point spread. So I'm taking Oregon here. They're not going to win the game, though. There's actually, you know, decent amount of players that I want to watch on that Oregon team in week one. Uh, maybe not in week one because – how much are they going to do against the Georgia defense? But like, I, I do kind of want to see, uh, I, you know, there's some, some wide receivers on that team that I, that I've, uh, I haven't even drafted, but I'm just interested in it. And I want to see if they, they take a step forward or, you know, if they produce as, uh, as freshmen and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see if they can cover, uh, but if, if they can actually do anything, because if those wide receivers do st- uh, step forward, 
against Georgia, and then that would be pretty damn exciting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Seven McGee, baby. I'm here for it. Ooh, you're a McGee fan. I like the idea <laughs> of him like switching to the slot role from running back, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah, it's very it's all very interesting. I uh I like it. I like your calls for the games of the week and uh, I think we have some some good calls here for uh the prospects to watch, but why don't we take a quick break and then we will get back and we'll talk about our breakout finder choosing some players that we think will have a big week this week. Look, there's no such thing as going all in to win. That doesn't exist in my opinion it's it's not real i think it is a lie i think that the idea that you can just oh trade me your two first round picks and a second and i will give you nick chubb it really like i think it puts you over the top to be the league favorite and then you know what fucking happens nick chubb does fuck all in the in the finals does nothing doesn't score his touchdown he doesn't catch his passes and he doesn't have 27 carries and doesn't rip off 60 plus yard runs. He shits the bed last year. And now you don't have those two first round picks. And now you have a running back who's a year older, whose situation got worse and you're fucked. We all know Tommy T hates running backs. So like, that's never going to be a, be a thing. (laughs) So I, I'm supposed to be doing an underdog promo here, and we all know underdog, you know, it's the greatest thing ever, uh, all that kind of good stuff, but uh, I don't actually have the promo to, to run, so I'm just going to say that, you know, go to underdog and, uh, you know, do some contests. Everyone knows how, uh, everyone knows about the, the puppy and the Pomeranian and all that kind of good stuff and how they fill up so quickly. But, uh, you know, I've never actually done one, <laughs> but I know a it's, lot of people that have. It's and illegal they, they... for me in Michigan. By the way, it is uh, underdog fantasy. Our promo code is full tilt, $100 matching. So if you deposit $100, they will give you $100 as well. Uh, but, yeah, I wish I could play. I can't. I live here in Michigan. Tommy T was complaining about being Canadian. They don't have, you know, certain games on TV, but at least he can play underdog up there. <laughs> exactly and like i said i have i have a lot of uh, friends and, and family that have done it and they swear by it they uh, in fact i have a, a good friend who will remain nameless who has done over 100 underdog contests so obviously they're doing something right there <laughs> go ahead and use that code full tilt and uh and, and get your you know hundred dollars match that'll be pretty sweet but why don't we dive into the uh, what i guess we're calling the breakout finder here and we'll uh we're going to choose a freshman who's going to have a big game this weekend that we're expecting. Um, I think I had you start on the last one with the Debbie prospects. So I'll go ahead and start here. And I'm going to bet that Matthew Golden is going to have a big week one. Um, you know, I, I've talked about Golden a good amount on uh, previous pods and everything, but he's projected to be a starter week one against UTEP. And he's a player that I just I want to keep an eye on anyway because I think not only is he's obviously moved up the depth chart very quickly he you know high high recruit and everything uh, somebody that a lot of people are excited about but if he can become a thing now he's only going to gain more value once Houston switches over to the Big Twelve and so he's a player that you want to trade for now especially like if he can have I mean it's kind of one of those things where like you want to get him on your team today not tomorrow not not saturday but today because if he has a big week one you're gonna be like oh cool i can never get him again or i'm gonna have to pay you know quite a bit to get him because he's only gonna gain value from here obviously if he goes and and, you know bombs it then that's completely different but i'm expecting a big week from him and uh you know obviously the the opponent with utep isn't you know exactly uh scaring anyone (laughs) yeah i I love Matthew Golden. Uh, I have a, one share of him in the program, which is a crazy C2C league that I'm in. Um, but uh, oh, I won't say but, but uh, so obviously we know that Alton McCaskill went down with the ACL injury earlier in the year. So I think the the passing game is going to be more of a focus here. Um, you know, they, they've also got Tank Dell, Nathaniel Dell there, uh, who's a, a great wide receiver, a Juco product, by the way. 
So yeah, I'm looking forward to both those guys uh, against. Uh, is it Tech? Is it UTEP or Texas San Antonio? They're playing. I think it. Oh, I, I thought it was UTEP. San Antonio. Eh, they're oh. like one in the same, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Right. <laughs> I could be wrong, but uh, they they they're not playing the best team. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I I I think he's gonna have a good game. I think he's gonna have a good season, which you know is more important, really. But. Yeah, I, I'm I'm here for the week one breakout for Matthew Golden as well. He, I think he's a great player. Yeah, I like it, and I, actually, I do like Nathaniel Dell as well. So, like, I, I'd like to see him uh, blow up and have a big week, and and we'll see what happens there. But who do you got? So, I went with George Petaway. I know we talked about him earlier. Uh, I tried to limit what I was going to say in him in the opener. I think I gave most of it away. Uh, I truly think Petaway is the best running back for fantasy purposes on the UNC team. Uh, he forced a missed tackle every time he ran the ball. He was more elusive at the second level uh, in comparison to Hampton. The clear passing down pat, uh, back. Uh, he only had four rushing snaps last year. I think we see that number get above 10, and he'll still be in on those passing downs. They're playing App State, who actually has a decent rush defense. They finished 28th last season. So I'm not sure how amazing of a game it's going to be stat wise but i think people will see that petaway is the running back to have in this offense after this week um the other guy i i want to just briefly mention is evan stewart uh for texas a&m i think he's going to have a big week too uh he's going to be you know obviously number one wide receiver prospect he's a good player you can play um but he's been getting praise in camp, spring and fall camp. So I love, I'm going to be cheering for him. I've actually got him starting in a couple of my C2C leagues. So hoping for a big game from him. Yeah, I definitely like that. With the Petaway one, I mean, are you a little concerned that he only had four rushes in, in week zero? Uh, and now that they're going up against an opponent they're projected to lose to, that they, uh, you know, that maybe they won't use him as much uh i mean that is concerning but like i said i i think that he he perf- he was better him and uh, uh the other running back's name is i mean he was definitely better per touch he just only had four touches and you know like we don't Elijah we can't Bruce. always assume that the coaches are going to make the right calls you know no i know absolutely no I, you'd like to think that you know they watch film and kids it can see, you know, who's better, but obviously four run, rushes is kind of a small sample size, you know, talking about sample sizes earlier. So I think they, they probably want to see more, I would think. Uh, and I do think this game, you know, I, I think this is a game where they can run the ball a little bit, you know, anyway. And the fact that they, you know, are projected to lose might give them more of an opportunity on those passing downs. So we'll see. I think, like I said, I've I've always been of the belief that uh, Petaway is the better running back. Uh, I, I really don't want to take away from Hampton because I think what he did last week was impressive. Uh, but I, I really st- still believe that Petaway is the better running back there. Uh, and this week will kind of solidify that or at least put it back into question some. And you're not the only person that feels that way. I've listened to quite a few pods this week um, or even last week. Uh, after the games, talking about how uh, George Petaway just looked like the better runner, Hampton didn't really look like he had the greatest vision, and and all that. But it was week zero, and you know they're both young and and all that, so a lot can change. Uh, but yeah, it would be interesting to see if he actually gets some run uh, in a tougher game at the very least. Uh, another another player that I wanted to talk about, or actually no, I'm sorry. Now we're going to be talking about our non freshman players that we think are going to have a big game. And it's a player that I uh, I've talked about recently, I believe, and it's Tay McWilliams. Actually, I think I talked about him on the last pod. I yeah. just I think he's gonna blow up. <laughs> I really do. Like he he's playing Albany, and uh, like there's really no reason why he can't have 200 yards and like three touchdowns. <laughs> like, it's just gonna be. It really would not surprise me at all. I mean, he's. He's the starter. There's no or. There's no nothing. Like he's the starter. I'm sure other people will get you know touch the ball, but the dude's just gonna run all over Albany. And and if he does anything like he did in the small sample last year, he's going to be he's gonna have a lot of yards and a lot of points. 
Yeah, I love Tay McWilliams. I love that Baylor offense. Uh, you know, they obviously lose Tyquan Thornton and then Tristan Ebner and the other running back whose Abram name Smith. is escaping me. Um, Abram Smith. Abram Smith, yeah. So it's a super productive offense. So you want that guy. Uh, and the fact that Tay McWilliams is just listed as the lone starter is huge. So if he's getting like all of the Tristan Ebner and the Abram Smith, or at least like let's say 75% of their workload, he's going to be in for a huge season. And yeah, he's playing Albany. Yeah. He might have 100 yards and two touchdowns by the halftime. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, the only concern is probably is him being benched just because they're up by so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Who do you got for your non freshman that you think is going to have a big weekend? So I got to bring up my guy, Cameron Ward, again. He, Washington State, plays the Vandals of Idaho at home. And Idaho, who used to be in the football bowl, the subdivision, is now FCS as of a couple years ago. Uh, Last year they played two FBS teams, got destroyed by Indiana, who was not good, and Oregon State, who was not good. They lost 56-14 and 42 nothing to those two teams. Um I'm not sure we could uh, take too much away from this game coming up against Idaho for Washington State, but I think it's going to be the coming out party that Ward needs to silence some doubters. If there are any doubters out there, I think there's at least a few. I'd like to see like at least 300 yards and like three or four TDs to make that happen, and I definitely think he can get that done. Um, you know, I think they're just going to be throwing the ball all over the place. I'm also going to be looking for a big game from Dijon uh, Stribling, who I think is going to be you know the wide receiver to have in that offense. Uh, but yeah, a nice easy cakewalk for Cameron Ward in his first you know big time game since coming up to the the Power Five level here from uh, all the way from FCS. So love to see him have a big week. I think he can do it. We already know he can do it against FCS competition, so there's really no reason why he can't do it right now. Exactly. <laughs> and and Lucas is uh, obliged to let you guys know that Tennessee is up 59-7. to uh, He's having a great time in the background. So just so you guys know, he's very happy, and Tennessee is doing big things. Did we ever get uh, Cedric Tillman involved in the game? Lucas, I need a Cedric uh, Tillman touchdown, or my no, DFS lineups no, uh, are cooked. They played one drive into the second half, and then the backups have been in. They just put in their third-string offense. I am slightly oh, concerned no. that their first-string defense was in as long as they were. Uh, but aside from that, it's a good night to be a volunteer fan, even if it is Ball State, considering that we lost to Georgia State, what, two years ago? So, <laughs> so I, I it's never a anymore. Yeah, yeah, you got to pay a little bit more attention nowadays. <laughs> exactly well we're right around the hour mark uh you know hopefully we've given you guys some good ideas of players to be uh looking at watching trading for and and so forth um and and some games you know obviously with the the guaranteed cincinnati win uh that i gave you you know at, with my proven track record of of college betting you know it's it's just a, a smash play you have to do but <laughs> I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we will be back uh, very soon with uh, with some more uh, NFL or NFL any Debbie discussion, if you will. Sorry, I do too many pods. I'm confusing them all right now. But I was also still thinking about Tennessee because I was trying to look up a, a different game there, but it didn't work out. I didn't have enough time to do it. Uh, we will be back in your ears as soon as possible to talk some more uh, Debbie, and uh, hopefully we can talk about some. Uh, players that blew up in week one and uh thomas tipple wants to know about, how about those boilermakers is, is are, are Purdue not looking good no <laughs> no uh, <laughs> i was gonna say that would have been uh, pretty weird <laughs> yeah all right we're off the rails let's get out of here uh my wife's mad uh she she just finished her movie and she is ready for bed as am i i will see you guys later thanks for listening but we're cashing out